We are here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Conjures Reconstruction. I'm the host with the most, aka Tony Melbourne, the one, the only, the prettiest of them all. It's just facts, though. And my legend just grows. You know what the group talks about with the other group members that I'm in? One go second. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Just one second. Mm. I'm the prettiest of them all today. But go ahead. What uh, did you say? Mm, mm, okay. She's just going to try and steal my title. That's fine. We're not going to argue about it. <laughs> you can have a man category. <laughs> but what I will say is that the, there is now a new legend about me inside the group for a the people legend? that didn't go to the rave. Yes. Okay. They tell the other group members about how I, um, they call it my cult. Mm-hmm. And how I recruited these um, white boys. <laughs> there was like one of them. He let one of them go, and then he just came back. <laughs> I had three of them, but yeah, they talk about it. They're like, no, the one gave him like a hand hug, and then they show everybody the hand that thing that he did to give me the bracelet. And they were like, it's a whole thing that they talk about. Oh, so how was your weekend? I went go karting. Good job. <laughs> this weekend. I'm glad you got a cult and you went cold garden. Um, I don't have, have the cult. I had a cult. I, I don't know them. Okay, so Friday went out nighttime. Saturday was mostly working at the library, making sure I got my stuff together. Um, oh, got tacos. Yeah, we did that. And then what else did I do? I think Saturday I watched Powder at night. What a movie. That movie was immaculate until the end. You know the story of Powder? Uh-uh. So, his mama get electrocuted while she's in labor. Mm. She dies. But this makes him like an special, like, electrocute baby. Wait, is he the uh, he is this the movie about the dude that then the spoons connect to him and all that? Oh, yeah, I love this movie. It's a great movie. It is. I it's an the amazing end. fucking movie. What happened at the end? <laughs> I can see why people wouldn't like it. Cause where did he go? Oh, where the lightning just yeah, and then he zaps just him away. Becomes lightning. <laughs> yeah, he just became lightning. <laughs> and the way I interpret it is that he was so pure and dealing with everybody, and they just could not get over like his difference, right? Of like the way he looked, so. He just left. He just, he just I, said, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. that was well, that it. was a good metaphor about him going home. Like, nigga, you can't go back. You have to continue forward wherever you're going. Yeah, so he just left. And he I, said, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that one. I'm trying to fuck with y'all. Y'all don't fuck with me whatsoever. <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> y'all are, I got these lightning powers. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah, that shit scared the when fuck out of me. When did that movie come out? 95 or something. I probably watched it no later than like yeah. ninety-eight. I I've watched really interesting movies in my childhood. The fact that you brought up Glimmer Man is hilarious. Cause we had that bad boy on tapey tape. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> I watched like I was probably in the third grade when I watched Two on Fu. Mm. Like my aunt didn't have kids and so she had a very eclectic taste of like things that she would watch but I was always around her so we would just and I don't think she had like uh, what's appropriate for children right. to to filter. that's crazy so that's I just crazy. watched a lot of shit 
<laughs> just, That's yeah. crazy. What it was that just think in my mind is too awful because it was just like it was actors I knew because I watched Wesley Snipes in what is the movie where he's the villain? Um, he was frozen. Sylvester Stallone was frozen. Not um, Repo Man. I know what you're talking about though. It's not Repo Demolition Man. Demolition Man. Yeah. yeah. So I watched Demolition Man, and then mm-hmm. to go from seeing Wesley Snipes there to then watching Two on Food <laughs> and seeing Wesley Snipes there. <laughs> Like, even more my like, being, what is happening? I, I'll say this: I've been very comfortable with the spectrum for a very long time. Oh yeah, because your uncle, right? yeah, my uncle, yeah. and then like my auntie has just been like, I grew up watching a movie about cross-dressing men <laughs> who were traveling cross-country to go enter a cross-dressing competition, <laughs> and whose car broke down in the south mm-hmm. and they needed to like woo these people who couldn't tell that they were men <laughs> and like make it out of this rural hostile environment yeah shit was such a <laughs> that's <laughs> not what a third grader should be watching and this is what you're gonna hey you're gonna watch two on food and yeah. just learn all the like moral things from that so that just very interesting time with my aunt because yeah her and being like oh you're a child and let's watch some kid movies no I'm gonna watch what I like and you watch it with me but it sounds like you had a good weekend yeah just brushing up I think what motivated me to get back into this game was learning how to be a better storyteller and like learn the different symbolism for like what is this supposed to mean what is that supposed to mean because I don't know like I don't want to walk away from a movie with a feeling anymore like oh that felt good like I want to know like the symbolism and then the metaphors do you want to write a movie yes when are you going to start working on that I kind of already did (laughs) that's what made me think like I need to be better because I we looked at what I wrote I'm like this is trash (laughs) so I realized I don't understand like the fundamentals of storytelling I can't right based off of a feeling I need to develop my skill and I need to watch plenty of need to read and devour as much as I could to see to understand like what was y'all trying to say here like using colors and stuff I used to date a guy that made movies and he would just rip a movie apart (laughs) because he made them so or he went to school for it I should say and so listening to him, you think he kind of jaded, but it's like, well, he got all this technical information, yeah, yeah, that makes him go, okay, this is this, this is this. So he knows, I know, but that's what made me recently go. I'm gonna try to watch more stories being told and come at it from a different perspective rather than just being entertained by it. What did you dislike about what you wrote? It was just like woo woo, like I didn't have no bases or ground in reality like the dialogue was trash it was just stupid and I was just like I'm not doing this <laughs> okay. this is dumb what what the fuck were you thinking throw this away immediately so you yeah, don't like right. any of it though. it goes in the trash I mean that's fair for sure I just don't you know like I said just admitting like you need to just be more skillful with this but you know that takes more practice than anything and Seeing like good storytellers that I really admire and look up to, see what they've done and see what I like. And um, 
Yeah, that's the base. That's not the basis of it. Like, I'm getting, like, inspiration randomly from, like, random trailers and stuff like that's coming up. So, and then also what I like doing is watching movies from my childhood. I, like, I watched Charlie's Angels recently. That was stupid. But as a nine-year-old girl, it was girl power empowerment. It was fucking phenomenal. I can't get enough really? of this stupid-ass movie. See, <laughs> it's so I dumb. wasn't all about Charlie's Angels, but that's interesting for having a woman's perspective of... Yeah. How you like Charlie's Angels and it was like girl empowerment for me. I was like, this is dumb. I don't want <laughs> I don't wanna watch this. It's such a stupid movie. It's not movie. good action. It's not it's not it's none of this is it's good. It's so fucking dumb. But so I can stupid. see for women who and little girls who have don't have any like yeah. females who are like action based or like strong and right, any of that like, independent. It's like Alright, you get and then you get them in a spectrum of like quirky with the one, one's right. more serious. So you can kind of find a little bit of you in each in any of these women. Right, and they're not side characters. You know what I mean? Like when you watch it today, the plot is real easy to dismantle. The decisions really don't make sense. Like this bitch getting shot out a window and all she got is a fucking sheet to hold her up. <laughs> and somehow she dodges so No, no, it don't make sense. It's so very yeah. dumb. It's so stupid. But you know what? Sam Rockwell and that let me tell you how much style information I got from Sam Rockwell from when he just played the stupid ass nerd to when he became the villain. That is my that's my shit. Him wearing red glasses, dressed all in black, and him dancing. That's about to go on the fucking style vision board this summer, because that's what I aspire to be, right? Whatever the fuck Sam Ragger was. Do you think that you could write a script from beginning to end? I think so. I don't know how long that's going to take, but I don't see why I couldn't do that. No, no. Let me recontextualize. <laughs> Not in general. Mm. I meant like now. Like Not just sit and just write? But yeah. Oh, for like a continuous three months? Yeah. Just work on and get a script. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can do that. I believe I can. I think that as you're learning, you should do that as well. Yeah. Because I think that will... I'll say the one thing I recognize a lot while I'm listening <clears throat> to like, since I write and I want to do like more light novels and things and things like that. When I'm listening to them, I learn a lot from just like going through different stories and things like that. And what I do like, what I don't like, what I want to take and what I don't want to take. Yeah. But I think that if I didn't work to then like try and put that out in a way I don't think I would really be exercising it mm. I see what you mean so like the kind of like with schoolwork with the the homework part of the the information gathering so that's why so not like oh you need to write a script but more of just like while you're learning, I think that you could be writing and they could be small scripts and all right, boom, I did this when I was learning things and I'm seeing the progression of all right, I'm starting to get better and writing more until you feel like, all right, boom, I wrote a dope ass script. Yeah. That's a good idea. Cause like you said, you just don't want to be sitting on a whole bunch of information and then got nowhere to put it. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. And then once you have too much information, then it's like, all right, I don't know 
where to really start at. Whereas if you get a little information and work on it as you're getting it, it yeah, will probably give you a better of like, all right, this is actually useful from with this other shit that I know. Because one, if you just have all of it, it's just like it's all useful right now. Right. <laughs> Until you actually like start to put it back. Like, yeah, y'all said this, but this don't work for me for real. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah. But, and I think like filming with Matt too made me realize like, like you said, just using a skill I don't know how to fucking film anything but doing it helps me see how to make a better story and I like that I like that being in that <clears throat> being in that role helps me kind of learn and seeing like different things it's not like the most hardcore technical thing but it does help me a little bit kind of see what I like and what I don't like so I would say that much but yeah, that's what the whole, not the basis of it is, it's definitely like entertainment wise, but I definitely noticed watching some of my favorite directors and with how they, you know, I mean, they fucking, they devoured movies. I don't know if I could ever be like that. Cause it just seemed like some of the movies they watched, like who the fuck, who had access to that dumb shit? <laughs> like why? Did you also think about the times but, that they yeah, came up they in? also like, you know, <clears throat> 40, 50, 60. And this yeah. was in the nineties when they was like hitting their forties. <laughs> Exactly. So they had like access to those movies probably a lot yeah. more readily than what right. you have access to. But yeah, like they was using those, you just kick it down the road and you use them because shit, y'all already took the good techniques from them. Right. So I don't necessarily got to go all the way back. I can come right here to you. You one of the greats now. Right. So yeah, just looking at like the movies that I do like, I'm like I kind of see what type of story I'm marrying. I think everything, everywhere, all at once, kind of like made me realize like it's okay to write what you want to write in the context of surrealism i guess you've seen that movie have you no it's kind of like a very like inception because everybody's seen inception like something like that where i'm just like hmm i think i want to do something along these lines one of okay. the stories anyway but yeah so it's how everything 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 every all at once it's, yeah it's like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. real when i think you like get hmm? when they come out Last year, okay, yeah, I got the DVD. If you want to want to watch it, but. if it's a movie, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, it's pretty dope. And just watching like, what was that? The Night at the Railroad, Galactic Railroad, stuff like that is gonna give me hope. Like, okay, <laughs> you can you can make this. You can storytell like this as well. I know you can do it. So, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Improving my skill in that way. I like that. I like that. Mm hmm. Oh. I know oh, you got a topic. Go ahead. No, I was Spit just, it out. We were just talking about the. We were just talking about the weekend. Uh, and <laughs> got into talking about stories. Right. Um, I guess technically we had a meeting on Friday. Mm hmm. I was productive. Um. I definitely want to start writing. <clears throat> In my head, things are just like a long narrative and something that I just recently learned is like the way the medium that I want to operate in kind of creates an overarching story, mm -hmm. but then each volume is like intro to conflict, middle adventure to get into conflict, resolution, decompression, and then you start anew in the very next volume. And so it's like, yeah, it's all one story, but they're all like many stories too inside of it. So it's like, all right, well, you need to start, if this is the medium you wanna work in, then 
you need to go back and figure out all right what is this introduction to conflict resolution move out because like where i'm at in my head is somewhere completely different so i need to go to the back so i think i'm gonna make like a concerted effort to write the first first volume i want to hopefully be done with like a rough draft by sometime towards the end of summer and then working on like our like extra projects hopefully if everything goes good with the rough draft so that's my goal and I hopefully see what Charles has in mind for his but definitely just kind of like like you said just reading a lot and what it actually helped me was finding the YouTube channel with all the light novels like oh okay I actually had to I just stopped listening to one recently it's just like I don't like it it's the main character I like him he grew super strong super quickly but not so much that like there's someone else that's with him that's kind of been training him she's still stronger than him there's other people that are around him that are like either of his level or stronger and so it's not like it's boring in that regard but it went to one of the people that he had like an issue with it's like set in like this kingdom old school society where like there's barons and noble family families and nobility and so he basically inherits the title to a family's house and mm. um but the uh <clears throat> the head guy the lord baron is still there and he just basically adopted him as his heir and son he decides to adopt this other girl that is like been antagonistic to the main character for all of like the first volume and everything like that or at least you know that it, she has and so they decide to turn her into a maid and like oh she's also going to be like your sister where I'm adopting her into the family and so like when she first meets him she's like hello brother and it's just like this weird like super shift into this like and then they like backtrack and be like oh our interactions are awkward I'm like well if your interactions are awkward why did she call your brother in the beginning she probably wouldn't have done that if she already she had like some awkwardness to her she'd have been like how do I greet this person? Like, eh, I don't know. I don't really feel like calling him brother because I don't really look at you like that. But to start off like that, just it didn't feel right when, and then it became like sort of a main focus of the story. And I'm like, eh, why do y'all keep. I get that everything can be all action. Right. But what I'm learning is the ways in which I like their to not be all action and the ways in which I don't Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely not a romance person that's what I can say romance as like the downtime for me isn't really like isn't interesting and so anything that like starts to skew towards that I'm I check out of (laughs) and so like there's one story that I like enough that I just literally fast forward all the like home oh we're about to get emotional parts I'm like this it doesn't really tangentially change the story the way that you want it I would like it to so I can skip y'all and not miss anything and be fine 
with this other one I had to get just stop it completely I was like you're not good what's the story that you like that has a minimal romance um or maybe not like an emotional okay so I'll say um it's is it wrong to um pick up a girl in a dungeon Bill basically <clears throat> goes around stealing the hearts of all these women and one of the more recent arcs was kind of about him making one of the people fall in love in her and being a goddess and like that causing chaos because the goddess fell in love with him yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah so that caused chaos and so there was a lot of like emoting in there but it was all like plot relevant because since the very beginning of this like series we've known that this person has like been interested in Belle mm-hmm. and so it never felt like out of place where alright now they're adding this relationship or even when like the goddess whose family he's a part of like they have like emotional times where he goes around and like all the people that <clears throat> a lot of the other women that he meets like kind of fall for him and inside of him and this god um, having this whole like chaotic situation he had to go around and kind of like admit to a lot of the women that have fallen for him at this up to this point that he's fallen for somebody completely different than them mm. and so a lot of them like were upset about it but it's all been like story relevant the person he's fallen for we've all known as like the audience because he's like it's been his main focus forever everybody else falling for him we've all seen that also he's just been the only one like kind of just like ignoring it and just doing his own thing mm. so for it to all like come to a head is story relevant and it's n- never been in a way where it's like his personality it's like alright this is the situation I'm gonna deal with this situation and then we're gonna move forward and keep going where other people it's like is wrapped up in their character who this the the romance now becomes a part of like entrenched in who their character is and for him it's more of like I care and love this person or idolize this person really mm-hmm. and I have eyes for them right now and until I can get to a point where I feel confident to express that to them I can't really focus on any of y'all mm. And that's basically what he told everybody. And so it's just like... <laughs> what was he making them fall in love with him in the first place? Just he, something that he did? Or is like, it like he can't control it? So, like, one... Uh, the most recent one is, like, this elf chick. Mm-hmm. There... She had a situation where her old group got wiped out by this um, monster monster ends up reappearing they get separate him and her get separated and her goal is to like sacrifice herself to save him and make sure that he escapes they get to a point where she decides that's necessary and tries to do that he decides to no what I wanted to happen is for both of us to escape the situation so fuck what you talk about and it's like circumvents that and goes rescues her and then continues on so 
from then she starts to like care about him mm. in more of a way but he's not really actively doing anything but he's saved a lot of the women like this like his supporter was basically a slave in her old group and he basically freed her so they develop feelings based on like him being just a genuine kind person and he, but he's already decided on who he who he's chasing after oh okay I thought it was like some random ass sprinkle fairy dust you know some anime shit nah, nah, <laughs> nah he, he just, just be doing regular shit yeah he just be doing regular and the hoes can't help himself yeah that's basically it <laughs> okay. that's basically it he, but he's never actively tried to and so he just play oblivious oh and so when he could play oblivious and it all came to her head and the shit got crazy <laughs> That's okay. I see what you mean. So it's like the sappiness that you just like, or just the interjecting it. And like, the sappiness is definitely one of the things that I don't like about it. It's like, we don't have to play this up. And like, there is definitely sappy moments in this, like, when he telling all of them that, because they're all sad and shit or whatever. And shit, basically, the goddess was crushed, basically, because he basically told her that she confessed and he was like, "Mm, no. I have my eyes for somebody else and so then she went all off the deep end and did some wild shit and but no he so I think that there can be romance inside of a story or even like The Golden Compass which is one of my favorite series female protagonist Lyra Mm -hmm. she ends up in a relationship with this dude named uh, I want to say his name is Will and at some point but she's always been her own full independent character she's never like had to depend on anyone and even when he comes into play it's not like oh now she's some weak damsel that now needs him to rescue her it's all right we're partners figuring this out hopping through these different dimensions and then at a point when we get separated we still are doing our best i'm still a whole complete person working my way through towards the mission it's not like i'm so broken that this person is gone and at the end they end up having to go back to their own dimensions because they're not from the same dimension and so if you stay in one dimension too long you start to like die basically Mm -hmm. and so they find a common space that is shared between their dimension and so they just at the end of the book they go both sit there and everything like that to be together and like share that same like space I'm compl- I, it was a, one of my favorite books it at no point made the romance the main thing and so as long as the romance doesn't over supersede what you told me the story was going to be about I'm here 110% but as soon as it becomes like the main focus I said well if you had told me this was a romance with a little bit of action <laughs> I wouldn't have watched <laughs> He said, don't fucking dupe me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call it a romance with some action in it. And let me just be like, nah, that's not for me. Don't say this is an action show or this is a mystery or this is a thriller. And then it's a romance. I, romance isn't my thing. I have lots of friends who do like romance. They watch it all the time. They talk about it. Charles is one of them. Loves him to romance shows. Hmm. And this is not my thing. I was thinking about I was watching Heat and if you haven't seen it it's a heist movie so they real good at their job right Mm -hmm. so he meets a lady that he's you know has a spends a night with but he ended up catching feelings for it and his whole thing is if you can't 
drop something when heat around the corner if you can't drop it within see three seconds flat or some weird ass shit so this the story ain't based around they romance but it has something to do with like you know his philosophy or whatever so the job goes bad and he has an opportunity to escape because he's the bad guy technically got opportunity to escape but his thirst for revenge has him go back off track <laughs> go to disappear basically but his bitch in the car with him he asked her like hey we could do this i'm rich we disappear for a while blah 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 first she was like no nah, because she found out what he did then she changed her mind so they going and get to the hotel is ruckus i forget how they started that oh yeah because the feds got him on the guy that he want to get revenge on witness protection but anyway so the point of me bringing that up was like it made me think like do niggas really just think that they just cannot have a quote-unquote happy ending because of shit like that i'm like <sighs> you could have just left my guy you could have just been like i'll deal with you later because like that dude was like responsible for everything going down like everything like fucking up if he didn't got away in the first part things probably went a little bit smoother but no everything with the shit then it just made me think i think i wrote down what i thought about this like the just sheer you just couldn't let it go huh and then well i see i guess i just watched a video on that today ironically where um in one piece uh ace luffy's brother he gets killed by um one of the general uh admirals and the marines um they were going to escape him and luffy were clear people were blocking um akainu who was the um admiral that killed him mm-hmm. and so but the admiral like was like basically your daddy a bitch <laughs> And he always been a bitch, and he always will be a bitch, and that's why that bitch gonna die. And once he said that, Ace turned around and said, "Oh, my daddy a bitch, catch these hands." And these hands didn't work as well as he needed. They didn't work as well as he needed them to. The hands wasn't hands in. Nah. So he gets he's a dying. Yup. And it's like a lot of kid people in like the One Piece community don't like Ace as a character because of that. They feel like he's dumb because he could have escaped. Like even me, I for a long time was mad at him for like, why did you go back? Yeah. Like you're one of my favorite characters and you could have been in the story still moving around, making some noise. And instead you let him trick you into like dying. But what I like is I was watching this video today and he was talking about how it it's always been who Ace has been as like a, a character mm-hmm. where he's always been one to like defend the honor of somebody else or like go back and feel like there's some necessary need to like right whatever wrong or injustice is done because so much has been done to him that he can't let it go at this point yeah so. truly not letting shit go that's what i wrote because that's when i was reading um i know his first name i can't remember his last name uh he with the robert bly 
crew, Terrence something. And he was talking about in his book how men act out their depression. It's not like it's not like it's truly repressed. Y'all just act it out with whatever whatever addiction that y'all choose, whether it be women, drugs, you know, video games, whatever it is. And that just made me think about that. Like, you're not truly letting it go, just letting it fester so it can pop up some other way. And that's what made you like, that'd be your fucking downfall, just not letting shit go and like he's supposed to be the bad guy in the movie but he was in some ways a better man than the good guy like the good guy didn't have like I think he was on his second marriage or whatever you know he addicted to catching bad guys and De Niro's character had heart like his whole family was taken care of everybody trusts each other you know it's not no man that he don't know that's on his team to help carry out these pretty immaculate heists um they're having family dinners and shit like that. So, like, De Niro was a solid dude. He was just stealing. <laughs> and then um, Pacino's character, his personal life was a little out of sorts. <laughs> you know what they sound like to me? What? Um, Fast and the Furious without the cars. Oh, really? Yeah, because you think about it, Dom Toretto as, like, the family head is um, De Niro. And... Them committing because in the very first um, Fast and the Furious, they were thieves. Mm. That's what it was about. Yeah. These niggas were going and robbing eighteen wheelers and taking that shit to the Asians and like offload all that merchandise. It's been so long since I've seen it. Exactly, it's turned into such a completely different Something story. Completely yeah. different. But if you, I think you like that movie because you like the movie Collateral as much as I do, and he directed that one. He also did Miami Vice, which I didn't know. Um, I fell asleep on Vice. Did you? Yeah, I just watched like a clip of them being on SB boat, and I like Michael. The Jamie Foxx and yeah, I was just watching like a piece. Of, yeah. <laughs> I know who it is. I ain't gonna say his name. I don't know who it is. Yeah. I don't know who he is. I, I, I don't know what his name is. Let me not lie. I have no idea. His name. We were just gonna call him the White Man. Yeah, I know he was white. <laughs> I was watching clips from that because I just was like mm, let me just see you know sometimes I just like to get inspiration from random ass slices of movies and I find out that Michael Mann did Miami Vice and I was like okay but then you start watching it you're like oh this makes sense now I can see it but Michael Mann did Heat and I'm just you know he kind of growing on me kind of growing on me a little bit but he is a very at first I didn't understand because he kind of 2010 2000 between 2007 2010 Miami Vice some yeah yep I think they said it's like a 2000 movie so I'm gonna say later 2000 early 2010 something like that okay that makes sense yeah why I tried to watch it and then watch it that was a weird time with me trying to watch certain movies and shit like that yeah so watching like I'm real director heavy like I'll follow a motherfucker's movies if I truly enjoy it um but no he is a a good one and they keep talking about the master class and movie making and stuff like that and I was supposed to watch Heat for the longest time and I finally watched it I'm like I can see why and I want to watch it again and understand it better okay neither here nor there I guess it's my turn now yes yes do some bullshit I think I did a pretty good job of you know giving you some space to get ready never enough I know I know (laughs) but anyway we'll continue on with part two of corny insta therapy that needs to stop immediately right now anyway where i'm getting these ideas from is she's on instagram i don't know how to say this 
S-E-E-R-U-T-K-C-H-A-W-L-A. I'm not going to say it because it's going to come out fucked up out of my mouth, but I like her. I like uh, what she had to say. And she got these little terms here that I was just like, hmm, let's go with this. Let's see. What do you think about inner child healing? Have you heard that before? (laughs) No, but I think I understand what they mean. Is like the, you know, the kid part of yourself that was told all these different things that may or may not have been true that you have internalized. And that's what's really like running the show, your inner child. So like you'll hear a lot of people be like, oh, it's a lot of inner child healing. So like, you know, I'm just going to buy like, yeah, you'll see all the time. Like I'm going to buy what my parents didn't buy me you know get that mcdonald's happy meal or dance or whatever the fuck you might do to heal your inner child have a conversation with it (laughs) think about that i don't want that Hmm? i don't want that you don't want to talk to your inner child i don't think that what they're talking about is is doing that i don't think my inner child needs healing though like i really feel like the more i'd be listening to like people with all this trauma i'd be like I had a really good mom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't internalize a lot of things. Right. And I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like, because, like, I can speak about situations that happened to me, but it's never like I took that next step to be like, this is my fault. I, this is about me. This is because of me. It's, I, and I don't know why. So for me, it's like me and my inner child, like we have a great relationship. <laughs> I'm a whole ass child right now. That's one of the things I actively tell people. I was I'm about a to child. say that. I'm like, <laughs> I one and you embody it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a child, so I don't really like. That's funny. Ever think about like that? But I need to heal my inner child. Yeah, because. Me and that nigga pretty good. <laughs> like sometimes I'm having a good time and I'm just vibing around, dancing around the house, or I'm just cracking up. Like I'm playing around. Like life is fun for me. I don't, I don't really feel like I had enough internalization of like anything. My life was. My life was so complex and not complex in the way of like difficulty, but just like so many different components Mm -hmm. that I never really felt the full effects of anything. Like we didn't have a car when I grew up Mm -hmm. for a while, at least until I was in the third grade, like a working one that didn't catch on fire while you were driving it. You know that that's a real story. I wasn't in the car at that time. My mother was though, and so were my little cousins. They all had to just hop out the car and just say, "All right, well, we gotta go." There's a car's on fire. That where you got your picking up a car. Is yeah. that that habit? Yeah. <laughs> I always have a car. Yeah. What, the, what the fuck's going on with it? Yeah. It's irrelevant to you, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm, gonna give me a, I'm gonna give me a new one. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't care about these things. So yeah, no, I didn't grow up with wood, and so but. I would also go to like 
my uncle's houses mm-hmm. and the uncle um, my uncle Frank and Al who were together at the time they lived in a huge two story house which isn't common in California most houses are usually like one story backyard like kind of ranch style the ranch style I was about to say that yeah and so okay. nice two story and had a fucking waterfall in their pool mm-hmm. this nigga always drove a BMW so it was like alright well I don't got money I come over here I feel like I'm rich mm-hmm. so I never internalized that struggle of being like poor and broke because like I have family members who didn't necessarily do everything for me in terms of like things that were important, but they did things that were important for a child. Yeah. Like I went on shopping sprees. I don't feel poor if I get to go just put my arm down the aisle and put everything into the cart that I want. I feel, <laughs> I feel amazing. You <laughs> said I feel pretty privileged. Yeah. So. Yeah, I had to walk everywhere, but my mom made that fun and didn't ever make it feel like a. Str- my mother wasn't bitter about not having money, mm. and I think that reflected in how I grew up. Mm-hmm. And so I never felt like the sourness of us not having as much as we would like to have, because there's never like a bitterness. It was all more of like, all right, we're going to be optimistic. We're going to like look at the bright side. We're going to be happy. We're going to like focus on the things that we can do and make those feel good and create like good moments with that so I never really like got into like oh we don't have none or oh my other uncle's a drug dealer and he do all this other crazy stuff and the cops are here all the time and he tell me I can't eat at his uh, his house unless his kids eat I never took that to heart or he told me to go call my mama B word and let her know that that's what she like <laughs> it crazy just so no wild stuff I got a black eye for my grandmother cause she smacked me in the face with a handful of rings so I couldn't go to the school the next day so it's like I've had very interesting things happen <laughs> but it's never like been anything that Tony was like this is about me I've always been like that person's crazy I don't want to deal with them anymore and so I don't know if other people grew up where they were in a space where they could be like this has nothing to do with me this is about them or not even necessarily about them because I don't know if I was able to articulate it that it was about them I just knew that I didn't think that it was about me I, mean, I don't know what's wrong with y'all y'all <laughs> tripping and so I think that people who have to work on that either internalized it or were probably in situations where it was a lot more abusive where it was like structured abuse where the other person was like no I'm going to abuse you mm. because then yeah obviously you have trauma and you probably don't get to be a child but I don't think that like the buying yourself a happy meal is getting to your your child trauma there I think that's good to make yourself feel good if like you don't feel good and I think that there's definitely times that you should work on just like doing things to make yourself feel better I think that's important but I think if we're talking about doing the work towards like getting to your inner child I think you might want to address whatever trauma happened and and see how that's currently affecting you 
whether it be yeah. like you feel like All right, I'm a people pleaser and I just kind of go with the flow or I just allow situations to keep moving forward even though if I'm not the happiest or I don't feel comfortable or I don't I don't see them as fruitful because I've always been forced to just do what other people wanted me to do alright well maybe that's the first thing you should address then and in getting towards your inner child because maybe your inner child will let you know hey I want to do this but you can't even hear your inner child's wants because you too busy focused on other people's things so you probably need to address that before you can even hear your inner child I don't know if your inner child is screaming for a happy meal right now <laughs> but go ahead and get that cause you know I guess that's important be happy and shit <laughs> He says here, focusing endlessly on an imaginary childhood version of yourself may prove counterproductive. There are more effective ways of processing childhood wounds like psychotherapy. Try focus on your outer adult. <laughs> I like this advice. <laughs> I think when I go into my mode where I'm starting to notice, it's not like my first instinct is to focus on a child, Ashley, because it really, at the end of the day, isn't that big of a fucking deal like even if there is an inner child inside of me or whatever it don't really matter because now the adult can just be an adult and handle things on its own like you could just bypass that because technically if y'all wanted the same the problem is still yours as an adult you don't have to kind of revert back to this like inner child childishness or childlike manner to address a bad habit or a form of thinking that you've picked up. Well, see, I think that getting back to your inner child should be less about, like, necessarily childishness, mm-hmm. but more of allowing yourself the same grace that you would allow a child. Mm-hmm. And, like, giving yourself that same protection that you would give a child and that same, like, guidance and stewardship. Like, I can't allow me to just like be out here in the wind mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to like guide me like a child and steward and make sure that hey I'm guarding against the bullshit and I'm giving the grace to the mistakes and I'm trying to lead in a good path because if you just out here in the wind and then always harshly criticizing yourself and then just allowing anybody in you're not protecting your inner child or yourself right so I think that it's more about like that stewardship, I guess. But if you're definitely talking about more of like, oh, I need to be more kitty, or like the Happy Meal shit, like I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's <laughs> that's what it really seems like. Every time they talk is. about it, it's like you know, not. It's more so like talking to yourself like how a parent would talk to a child, but you just internalize it, right? So you just imagine yourself as a kid, and it's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay to feel sad right now, like that. And, you know, if you want to go get those things or maybe if you feel like your mother didn't give you enough fucking toys or whatever the fuck, it's mm. okay to feed well, that no, part see, of I don't ever remember my mother, like, ever really being like, oh, okay, it's okay to feel sad right now. I don't think she ever told me that I wasn't I wasn't allowed to feel be sad. Mm-hmm. But it was always more of like, all right, well, why are you upset? Mm. And, like... That's why I guess probably why I'm so goal oriented or solution based. It's like that's how she dealt with me. Where it's like not that you can't be upset, but why are you? Mm-hmm. And so now that I have to like explain it out, she can one work towards finding me a solution, 
and which as a child I was all I want is someone to fix the problem and so when she gets to like oh well, why are you upset alright here's your solution I'm like, cool <laughs> I'm happy again cause I'm a kid you know what I mean so it was never you shouldn't be or it's okay to be upset it was but it's like alright well you are upset why <laughs> let's get to the why of this and but I do know a lot of people who get to the, all right, you're upset and we don't want you to be upset. It's, but it's okay. You can be upset. Because I definitely do that to people where I'm much more of like, it's okay to be upset. But I think that I do it to people because asking someone why they're upset is tricky when it's not in a parent-child relationship. Mm. Like, as a parent, you generally have the full, like, autonomy to, like, influence this kid's life. Like, it's your child, so whatever they upset about, you could usually rectify that situation. When you ask somebody else why they're upset and they tell you, what you're also essentially doing is making them see what they now have to rectify it's no you in this situation to help out or like alright this is just what you gotta look at and do and fix why are you upset because of these things and so then the next thing that you're probably gonna say if you're the person that asks why is like alright well how do you want to address these things and so now you've just given them something they have to do and that isn't somewhere that everybody's ready to be at it's like really working on the issue so that's why I think that sometimes I just default into like it's okay to be upset because the the alternative usually turns into conflict and I, I don't be in here for that. I'm like I don't want that. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have time for that. No conflict. Okay, actually, no. I know what question I want to ask next. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about people randomly spewing out? Like, they'll just be like, for example, because women do this a lot to men. You're a narcissist. You're projecting. You're gaslighting. Do you feel like those people are safe to be around? Or is that <laughs> an annoyance? Is that like, shut up. <laughs> you don't need that. Or do you like it? You enjoy it? Like, oh, yeah, I like being called out. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I'm... I guess I'll say this for probably most people in general that's probably irritating to be around and probably unsafe to be around especially since a lot of people like internalize a lot of things Mm -hmm. and so if you're prone to internalizing what other people say to you or taking shit to heart then those type of people those type of people aren't the type of people that you should have around you now personally most things fall off my back like water for a duck so you telling me all these things that I didn't ask for is cool but unless you have like some tangible thing that you can like do for me and not like show me like hey so you do this and this is the result and this makes me feel this way and I don't care about that can you like pay a bill or like change my life in a completely different way if the answer is no you thinking that I'm 
a narcissist is probably all right. (laughs) (laughs) You don't seem like you you break that threshold of people that I need to like curtail my behavior so that our relationship can maintain Mm -hmm. and be fruitful. If you don't like me, you there's a door. And so I don't really mind those people. I don't really seek those people out and so I don't have a lot of them around me, just naturally. And I'll say I think that a lot of like was talked about inside of like the post is more the coastal states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think most of like where you get the more progressiveness is in the coastal states. So oh, that's what you mean now. I don't really run into too many women like that out here. Right. You ever do you ever ask a woman what her love languages are or do they ask you? Like they just tell you. I ask. You ask? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Something you got mad This <laughs> is when I just I never ask, number one. I'm not asking no nigga his love languages because more than likely it's quality time and physical touch. That's just across the board I've seen. So it was really no fucking point asking. Unless they just fucking weird, but those are the top two with niggas. Like it's not gonna change. But I always wonder, like, is bitches just saying it? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying shit to talk my ass. <laughs> but that's off the point. I don't when know I, how many men are asking, but I definitely mm-hmm. asked. I don't know. Yeah. I'll say that all the women that I've asked had no idea. Oh, okay. And had to go look. And mm. I sent them a test so they could figure the shit the fuck out. <laughs> well, maybe one now. Yeah. But as a, like, you know, let her rule. No, don't nobody know. And so I'll just send them a test over. I'm gonna stop asking that. I just wanna know like what's the opposite? Love the love language is how you receive, like how you know somebody else fucks with you, right? I mm. want the opposite. Like how do you show love? That's the question. If I ever get to the point of asking that, that's the question I want to. Well normally ask. your love language is the way that you like to receive or be shown love. But it's also generally the way that you show love because most people think that what they like or view as a loving act will be viewed as the same. So most people who like to receive gifts are very gift-giving because they look like this as thoughtful. I thought about them. I picked this out. I did this. Or like... I just want to think about them and get them this. Mm-hmm. So if you're thoughtful for them, that's usually like, well, well not, they might, that's how they, so then they'll try and do that for you. Right. Not knowing whether you like that or not, but they feel like, oh, I really enjoy this. So they'll probably enjoy this. That's a cool rule of thumb. I think the other thing you need to the one thing someone was talking about um, kind of what she called it was a lady I was watching is people's um, anger languages mm. and how you operate when you're upset do you shut down do you lash out do you need space like what how do you operate in anger and what does that look like and how do I operate anger and what does that look like and how can we like navigate that as well because you don't need like the good time sure you need to know how to like make that work but you also need to know how this is going to look when like 
things aren't always peachy keen, so. Which I was like, you know, that's important. I never really heard anyone talk about, like, your anger languages and things like that. I'm like... That's an yeah. important one. Definitely important where it's like, all right, well, how do you operate when you're mad at the other person? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> do you just shut them out? Do you treat them like they're unimportant? Like, what level do you go to inside of this? Yeah. All right. Next one. This is a pretty cool one. Everyone has trauma. And here she's going to say why she... Well, I guess... All right. She didn't really explain what trauma is, but whatever. Everyone has trauma. Everyone has pain. Everyone does not have trauma. Trauma is a very specific thing. Let's stop fetishizing trauma and watering down mental health language. It's not harmless. Yes. I agree with that one wholeheartedly. Me and her are on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody does not have trauma. That's literally what we had the conversation downstairs about. Mm. Where oh, I told you, old girls said that, oh, don't say this to me because... Um, I have trauma about that. No, you don't. Define trauma. Trauma is like you have R- a R- lot. P.E. Is that would be trauma? Getting your ass whooped is that trauma? Um, no. So I'll, it don't even have to be as, as specific as, as that. Okay. I'll say that trauma is generally something that you're subjected to over a substantial period of time in regards to I'll say age and life and longevity so like if you're five and for a year and a half of your life you are abused that's traumatic for you because almost a quarter of your life you've been being abused okay as opposed to if you were in your 30s and you now are in a verbally abusive relationship with somebody for a year I don't know how much Depending, I guess, depending on how bad it is, I can't say how traumatic I think that was if you continue to go on that. Because I'm assuming that before those 30 years, if this was your first experience with that, mm-hmm. you've dated other people that weren't that way to you. So you recognize what a healthy relationship is. And you're not in any of the age categories where I feel like you're not mentally capable like you're in your 30s so I don't know how much I give for like oh that was a traumatic experience for them now if you are in a situation where somebody's whooping your ass that's different if we're talking about physical trauma I think that that doesn't take very long to become traumatic if you go home every day for 30 days and as soon as you walk in do bust you right in the face the 31st day you probably just gonna flinch off a reflex of opening the door no matter what door it is you like should I open it I'm gonna get hit dude could be gone he could not even be there you open and you expect him to get smacked in the face that's a trauma response Mm. so I think that there's degrees of what happens to you and how quickly trauma can like be formed 
But I think that when people are like, oh, I was in this six months relationship and it was just so traumatic. We fought all the time and we argued and yeah. she just cheated on me and was fucking around. No, that was a chaotic, tumultuous relationship. That was not but traumatic. You don't have trauma. There was no trauma. You don't have trauma from that. Right. Your trauma would kind of lead you into more chaos or yes. keep you perpetuated into the yes, chaos. Your trauma is something that, like, now you've developed yeah. this trigger, these new habits, these new responses based off of what's happened to you. Like, trauma isn't just like, oh, I went through something bad. Mm-hmm. That's traumatic. Trauma is what's been built up and now you're responding to traumatic events yeah like in a war. specific way or yeah. being a refugee probably yeah ptsd if you've been blown up and something like that that's a very traumatic event that can cause trauma now there's traumatic events they don't cause i watched my grandfather pass away in my in the house mm-hmm. that was a traumatic event Everybody was in tears. Right. I don't really have like an aversion to like going in the room where it happened or being in that house, seeing as it's the house across the fucking street and I was just living there for five years. So it's like, was it traumatic? Yes. Did it cause trauma? No. And we got to learn how to separate the two. You can go through something that's traumatic and not be left with like trauma responses does it make me sad yes do i feel things about it yes but me being upset or being sad or being nostalgic about him being here or any of those emotional responses isn't grouped under and like oh that's trauma Mm. no we gotta stop blanket terminating things and be like everything isn't the like the most like hardcore definition of every of itself right and people just keep using these big terms big terms that really like i don't know if it's always been this way and if i'm just older and now recognizing or is this like a trend or some weird ass global collective consciousness where niggas gonna have to like stand up and start dealing with all the muck i'm not sure what this is but now you're seeing all these terms that a lot of people no i just think that we make new terms you think so every every generation has its cause so you saying like this was something that they did with our parents growing up but it just was different for them like so mental health and mental health awareness is an important cause and it's real and there actually needs to be change and work done towards that. Yeah. Yes. But along with that comes these people who pop up and like create this foo-foo-ness and like try to profit off of it. Mm. When the cause was like civil rights, yes. And like desegregation, there's people who are working towards that and that's what... Sh- we collectively morally want it mm-hmm. but then there's also people who are calling things racism that have nothing to do with that mm. and are like pointing it and trying to profit off of it that way 
So I think every generation has its cause, okay. and then it's like the real this shit. Is what we're fighting and then for. This is the food. Food is that. Hey, we found that our people care about this, and now we can profit off of what they care about. Ah, uh, I and see so, what you mean. Yeah, so I think that it's just like. LGBTQ. That's something where there's Pride Week and companies now just make things in rainbow color because they know they're gonna sell crazy during this specific time period. Like, and so that's them profiting. Like, not saying that Pride and none of that was important, but the important thing was the work that was done. Them doing all this sales is the people recognizing, oh, we can profit off of the way that y'all feel. Same with them. Mm. So yeah, no, it's, it's every generation has its cause, and that's why I don't be giving a fuck about none of this shit. <laughs> none of this shit is important. All this shit is a cycle. Everything just be like really just moving forward on. Everything is different but the same, and since everything is different but the same, right, yo, I figured a lot that of this out. shit don't matter. Yeah, and, like, I started noticing being that. Really upset, which I got it, which I don't like that I noticed. I appreciate that I noticed it because then it just puts you in that a little bit more stoic, a little bit more neutral standpoint where you just like, like, for example, I was reading a book that was published in 1935. Back in 1935, they was talking about how sex education should not be in school. They always had the what a man should do, what a woman should do argument. And I was like, damn, this was in 1935, supposedly when like the golden age of, you know, homemaker, whatever, and all those things that we like to put in nostalgia was still an issue 70 fucking years ago. I said, oh, this is just human nature. There's something that you just kind of got to perpetually fight, right? Like, you're never going to end this argument of, what is man? What is woman? Like, what are we supposed to be doing here? And I'm like, oh, I understand now. Like you said, same shit, different day. Now it's even harder to be like, yeah, I'm supposed to be standing up for these rights. You could. No, see, for me, (laughs) I guess I don't like it because it makes you aloof. Yeah. And that's not helpful. Like, realizing and seeing the forest and the trees Mm -hmm. has, like, I've come to this realization for about a decade now. Yeah. And so at this point, it's more of just like boredom. There's very little that spurs me to action and that I don't like. It's like, all right, well, you've recognized that this don't mean a whole lot. And all you're doing is like moving things around to exit it as quickly as possible since the value is pretty pretty low here yeah alright well you need something to like inspire you and when you recognize that everything that everybody says and everything that everybody's upset about and everything that everybody cares about doesn't mean anything Hard to get inspired. (laughs) So, not necessarily the happiest with my realization. I was in the beginning, because in the beginning it feels good to like, feel like you've escaped something. Mm 
Mm. But escaping something is only as useful as the place that you're escaping to. So if, and then especially if no one else is like there with you and then you don't have the affluence to like, just really like enjoy that space. It's just like, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> now for me, it's more so like the shedding so I can focus on the things that already naturally lit me up. It wasn't that I discovered it and then somehow I'm still looking for that bit of excitement. I've always had the excitement, but I was always kind of distracted, a little bit distracted. Like, like I said, you just believe what you've been told. You ain't really got no control over the input of shit coming into you as a child so it's a lot that's just mucked around that I have to figure out like okay what is it to let go of is this new is it not and the more like I'm always hungry for more knowledge so for me that's like it's never I don't ever see it going away so and the more I do discover I don't know if I'm just like I said it might be still too big too early like you said like it might be the beginning stages for me where I'm just like I don't, but I can't say that I feel a way like, like I said, it's more of a let go. Like, oh, okay, I can understand this a bit better and still focus on my creative endeavors, still focus on building my legacy for my kid or anything like that. Like, yeah. it's just like a, well, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, no, like, that's what it felt like. It felt <laughs> oh, like okay. a letting go. And yeah. oh, you just I still kinda... have all of these amazing creative endeavors yeah. and ideas and things like that. But then, since I'm. Once you start seeing the forest and the trees, you just start expanding your vision to all of it. Mm-hmm. So, how many places do you go and you can't get change? You need to have exact change. How many places do you go and you need to have exact change? Yeah, where they're like, oh, we don't have change. You got exact change. You got to use your card. Uh, not too many places now. It's not as happening as much as it used to. And- the vid was around but you might see it every once in a while I see it a lot do you mm. where they're like yeah no or they'll just be like oh you could only use your card here I just see it at Chipotle to be honest with you <laughs> that's where I always see it at for some random ass reason it's like yeah you can only that's the only place I've ever seen it no, no, see, they'll tell you you can only order online or whatever, but I know I see a lot of places where like, oh, we don't have change. Mm-hmm. And so, or they won't tell you that you have to use the exact change. They'll just be like, oh, well, I can't make change for you. Yeah. And so, it's seeming like there's more and more of a push to get rid of physical currency. Mm-hmm. With that and go to a digital currency, that means less control for us. Right. There's also a pretty concerted effort um, from other nations to leave the gold, leave OPEC and the petrodollar and basically go to this other group and sign up with them. Basically, Russia and China. That'd be the devaluation of our dollar. Mm hmm. When our dollar starts to depreciate, our nation becomes weaker. We are currently at war. Most likely. I should put most likely on that. 
<laughs> COVID was probably an attack. And it stopped our entire economy. Yeah. It also gave other people a chance to make moves and decisions while we're reeling from like financial instability from like putting the halts on our economy the globe is working to remove themselves from being dollar dependent Mm -hmm. don't none of that if the world removes itself from being dollar dependent and we become less of an economic force and structure. What we've always relied on is our military might to like kind of force our way. Eventually, as all other great military powers, that just don't be enough. And so if I'm looking at the forest and the trees, it just more and more feel like Oh, also, Biden is thinking about running for election. That nigga can't run nowhere. He gonna lose. Oh, sleepy ass. So that means we're gonna have a Republican from 24 to 28. Mm-hmm. Boom, look how quick we at 30. 2030, and we gonna be infighting while all these other countries are swiftly divesting from American dollars. What this feels like to me is the fall of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at this as, as that, then they don't make a whole lot of shit important. Right. Because I've seen this before. I've watched people think that what they were doing was meaningful, and then what they did mean nothing. So for me, it makes most things really hard because it's like, all right, well, if I see the long play and I recognize that the long play isn't, hey, fuck black people, fuck white people, it's fuck America. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm from there. (laughs) (laughs) It's his home. So if that's what our long play is... And it don't seem like we're playing back in a really, like, aggressive way or a way that is, we should, then are we going to be the place that creates the stable opportunities and the stable advancement for your future? Right. It was, yeah, it's never meant to be forever no matter where you are in the world I no, don't no. know what's going to happen 50 years from now 20 years from now oh, no, I don't think that now. anything was meant to be forever mm-hmm. I just think that I recognize that I'm watching the end yeah I think that I agree with you there's warfare but people don't think it people think it's guns to your face kicking down your door and making you go to camps it's not 19 fucking 40 dudes they got different ways that have advanced past having to do those things and the good way is to get you inside of your motherfucking head but i will say i understand like hearing all that information doesn't stop 
you from wanting to prepare. But like from the stuff that I've been looking at, they saying, is it most likely to happen as fast as we think? Or is this like a big deal? Not necessarily. It would have to really take some time for us to not be that super economic power anymore for them to really cause damage. I know, that's why I gave a decade. But from now to 2030 is seven years. Yeah, I would say like, but that's a good thing to remember too is they sensationalize a lot of things, but that does not stop you from not preparing. Yeah, no, not at all. I don't think it's going to be tomorrow that everything's yeah. going to fall apart. Like, I don't think that, oh, this is happening and then tomorrow we're going to wake up and shit's not going to be good. But I do think that we're headed for a position where either you're going to be a have or a have not. Right. And haves are going to be people that see. own things and have yeah. nots are going to be people that use things. For sure, because you can clearly see that the the thing that's supposed to keep the balance, which is the middle class, is slowly is dwindling, and that is not going to be Ain't well. Ain't no real middle class. It's not going to be well anymore. I've seen my neighborhood go from, you know, <laughs> doing okay, not the greatest neighborhood, not the now it's we've seen these. I don't think they was grown women. We've seen this coming down the street. They just had a white table that had like a little six year old writing that said free phones on the side and not a fucking phone in sight on the table. <laughs> like, what the fuck crackhead community is this? What is happening here? But like just noticing that, just seeing it like, oh no, this is stuff that I could definitely see. Like the divide is just getting what was supposed to keep the balance is dwindling now. You know, it's not. And so I'm definitely looking to, like, move in that other direction, so. Yeah, like, I definitely agree. Like, it's not the time. Like you said, you at war. Even if you're not technically, I believe to be human is to be at war. And if you're not ready to fight, either if it's just the mental challenge of dealing with other people, if you're not equipped with those so-called weapons, you'll flounder. I've, I've been there. I've been sleepwalking through life until I start waking up, until I start getting my so-called weapons to get through those things. So I don't know if it's like I said, does it have to be what we were talking about? No, but you are in constant warfare and they will, they will, it will eat you the fuck alive if you are just sleepwalking through it. I think that it's good to prepare and have a plan. Always. And for me, I'm ready for my next five years. Because in 10... is where I won't really like next really six years next six years is really like what I want to like be working at because I feel like those next six will let me know what those next five are going to look like if how close I am to like what I really want to be doing and where I really yeah. want to be at Cause that's, that's a little more than a halfway point so Right now, I was doing the numbers, and they were saying, like, the average 30-some years old makes, like, 35-some thousand a year. I was like, because when you get to a point where you feel like you have this great big vision, and you're not at the vision, so you'd be like, well, I must be a piece of shit then, because I reached this, whatever the fuck is, you know, fairy tale out of my head. And I'm like, oh, well, I know I'm doing better than that. It's 
but the hunger in me is still like, it's not good enough. And then the women that I follow that I take like good advice from, it seemed like life don't really start popping off until after 35 anyway, so. <laughs> so I'll say that I definitely, I'm kind of the opposite. I don't ever really look at like where I'm at in comparison to like the field. In terms of like age group, I look at like peer group. Yeah, Those I are just, the only people that like I really like. So like, you Chucky Zay like if I feel like inside of my peer group I'm doing pretty well and like I'm on like par with everybody like I don't even feel like I need to be like crushing out because I feel like we should all be doing amazing in our own like area mm-hmm. but I feel like as long as I'm on par with my peer group and then my peer group is like this shit then, then yeah, I'm pretty comfortable <clears throat> like I don't really care what like other people are doing I know where I want to get to um but I recognize that there's a a lot of people that are like not doing half of what I'm doing and I recognize people that are younger than me that are doing way more than what I'm doing and so it's like all right well with the people that you're around and you decide to keep yourself with how are y'all doing all right we're pretty up and we're looking like keep moving in that direction so all right well then then that's good (laughs) Whereas, yeah, because it's probably 30000 before taxes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact thing. I just think it was something that, like, spirit brought to my attention. Like, this endless beating yourself up and keep worrying about, you know, these things. And you feeling like you're behind and you want to be here. And then frustrating yourself to no fucking end has got to stop because you're doing a little bit way better than you think but I guess in my mind because I'm not at this goal then it's just not good enough and I don't I, I don't want to continue the inner turmoil for much longer but we are here <laughs> I think I just needed to see that okay, I don't feel like there's no inner turmoil for me yeah that's just like now it's just like execution like I know what I need to do I recognize my failings and where I be up on bullshit and so I just call myself on it try to be better and recognize when I'm not and be like alright well either you're gonna keep doing this you can keep getting what you're getting or you're gonna change it so I don't really like have any inner turmoil where it's like oh I can't and I'm at, at odds with myself now it's just I try to be brutally honest and like accountable to like my own actions at least to me I might not take accountability to other motherfuckers because you know, it ain't none of y'all business. But to myself, it's like, all right, you got to at least have some type of level of like standard and recourse of how you're going to behave. Yeah, developing the new standards, developing the new habits, and then failing really gets to me. Like, just sucks. Because it's like you hit that... Like with dieting, right? Like you'll be good for a cool while and then then you stop or whatever and it's you know depending on like you know how your food habits are getting back on can be proven to be difficult i need to get back off dairy yeah that is the hardest thing yeah so things like that just and then dwelling in that sometimes and not knowing how to be like all right well because I definitely (laughs) was not doing dairy and then I started eating cereal again and then I started getting milkshakes and now I definitely be craving dairy. Right. And it was like 
all right, you had done like at least you were doing four months, no dairy strong, and now you're back on it. You feel it, and you're just like, all right, we need to get right back off of that. And like, and so that's what I'm gonna work on now. Is, but no, I definitely understand what you're saying about that with the dieting and just kind of like having those things that are like. Yeah, like you want to do better, you notice the difference, and then somewhere along the way, you just kind of make a up. choice. Yeah, yeah, make a choice. And it's not even a slip up. You, you make it. You decide to do something different, and then you have to off, just deal with those consequences and adjust again and make the new choice. Hey, I'm not going to do this anymore now, <laughs> like you did before. So, lots of choices. But yeah, is that you have more quotes? That's or? it. Okay, well, this has been Mike's Super Short Show. I am Tony with the Melbournes and the Sleepy Melbourne. I'll just be out here doing it, doing it, doing it well. You're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it well. Anyway, this has been Conscious Reconstruction. I'm the host with the most. That's the one, the only, the illustrious, the amazing. Ash has been in the building. But y'all knew that. And we're out of here. Goodbye. <laughs>